You may have noticed that Jenna is one of those people that rearranges the furniture. So give me a moment to put things back in order, though that was a great word of encouragement. So that was not a criticism of Jenna. That was just an acknowledgement who, of who she is because I think God made her that way. And that's one of those things that is very endearing about her. So no complaints. Thank you, Jenna. We're grateful for you. This is a time for encouraging one another. We have begun a new year. Did I leave out a word on new year? I did. I've not been able to say that word. I've been able to say, welcome, New Year, but I've left out that other word. And, it, and it's really, it's somewhat like what Molly was saying. You know, I'm, I'm the, our days and our years are kind of running into each other. The beginning of this year is much like the ending of last year. And as I think about that, and I don't want to think about it too much, but it seems like 2021 is really beginning in some ways worse than 2020 ended. I, and I would, I would love a, to have a positive outlook, but I am sincerely bummed uh, about the beginning of 2021. The pandemic remains with us. And in many ways, it's worse today than it was in March when all of this began in earnest. There's more people infected. More people have died. Hospitals are running at capacity. Healthcare workers are worn out. Our local positivity rate in Comal County, according to the last report of our public health department, is 24%. The vaccine. What vaccine? I mean, it's slow in arriving. And most of us remain unvaccinated without any idea of, like, when will the vaccine arrive? And if the pandemic wasn't enough to spoil the beginning of a new year, in addition, we began this new year with an insurrection at our national capital. What? the constitutional duty of Congress to formally count the votes of the Electoral College was interrupted for the first time ever in our republic's history. That's not a, that's not a good beginning to the new year. And, yes, there is another and. And a president was impeached by the House of Representatives for a second time during his first four-year term. The only president in American history to be impeached twice in one term, plus the impeachment charge is the most serious charge against a president who's been impeached, inciting an insurrection. I mean, what a way, what a way to start a new year. 
so it just has brought it's brought it's brought one question to the surface in my mind what do we do now so to help us answer that question i want to invite you to reflect on an event in the life of the early church very typically when i begin to lose my way such as what to do with this transition from the old year to the new year i i typically go back to the historic roots of the church so i go back to the gospels i go back to acts and i and i and i spend time there in hopes of the holy spirit directing me to a place that brings some encouragement into the discouragement that I'm sensing. So that a day I'm, we're coming back to our roots. We're coming back to the day of Pentecost. It's the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes just as Jesus promised his coming. The first disciples, empowered by the Holy Spirit, declaring God's works of power. And Peter, in particular, speaks powerfully as the Holy Spirit helps him. And we come down to these words in Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And he, Peter, Peter testified with many other arguments, exhorting them, saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So like Peter, this morning I want to implore us to save ourselves from this corrupt generation. That corruption, the synonym for that corruption is crooked. A synonym of, of crooked is dishonest. Save us from this, this dishonest generation. And, and then the, the our, save ourselves? I mean, what does that mean? I mean, I, I thought only God can save. How, how are we involved in saving ourselves from this dishonest generation well i know that god is here to help us but i believe he's also asking us to partner with him isn't that the amazing thing from the beginning to the end god our creator continues to invite us into a relationship with him a partnership and that's when the best things happened but we've we've got to take a step he doesn't do it all we must first turn away from Turn away from the dishonesty of these days. We have to decide. We are going to turn away from the dishonesty of our day. Now, if you, if you just consider the pandemic, turning away from dishonesty is much more difficult than it sounds. Because over the past 10 months, we've heard on average 24 lies per day concerning COVID. If you multiply that 24 lies per day over the past 10 months, we have been pelted with approximately 7,320 lies about just this one subject. The generation of dishonesty We've not been told the truth. We've, we've been told more lies than truth concerning COVID. No wonder we're confused. No wonder we don't know what to do. No wonder we have questions about what is the truth 
This is the time to save ourselves from this generation of dishonesty. So how do you do that? Well, to turn away from dishonesty means we must stop listening to those who are lying to us. I don't need to point out who those are. You need to identify who are those people speaking lies into your life, not truth. And we, once we identify who those people are, we must stop listening to them. Then we must stop repeating the lies we've been told. It happens almost every day. One of those 24 lies about COVID sinks into somebody's brain and then they repeat it and we hear those lies from another source. You can almost multiply the number of times you've been lied to because we've got to stop repeating the lies. We must at some point get to the place where we confess our participation in years of dishonesty. These are decisions we must make. If we want God to help us, and parenthetically, in light of all that we are facing, who doesn't want God to help us? We must come to terms with the corruption, the dishonesty, and the crookedness that come from those that we've elected to service in political office. We're not victims. We haven't been victimized. We're active participants in selecting people to represent us. And when those people end up serving us with dishonesty and corruption, we must accept responsibility in making a poor choice. You see, Peter, on the day that he was speaking in Jerusalem, spoke with great conviction under the unction of the Holy Spirit, trying to convince his generation that they made a wrong choice in rejecting Jesus. If you back up and read his, his sermon, he is saying, your leaders made a decision to reject Jesus. You joined in that decision. That was not a good decision, but we can't just blame the leaders. We have to accept responsibility for making a bad choice. So as, as Peter, just as Peter spoke on that day, I want the Holy Spirit to help me to convince us that we've, we've made a bad choice. I'm already, in a sense, looking forward to the coming season of Lent. That's the season before Easter. It's, I, what I anticipate is a season of, of, of humility, a time of confession. The opportunity for the Holy Spirit to change our perspectives, a change of heart, a stepping out of a, of a generation of dishonesty into a generation of truth. I've heard this verse a lot. If my people called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, 
and turn from their wicked ways. I don't know if there's a more humble step to take than for us to admit we've made a bad choice. Accepting the message begins with turning away from our corrupt, dishonest generation with humility and confession. It is time to turn away in order to begin something new. It's a time to disentangle ourselves from crooked, dishonest connections to make a fresh start. And so Luke tells us this is how it happened. Back to Acts chapter 2, 41 to 42. Those who accepted his message to turn away from the crookedness, the dishonesty of the generation, were baptized. That's a cleansing. They were cleansed. And that day about 3,000 people were added. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Fortunately, when a community that's following Jesus is stained by dishonesty and corruption, it can be repaired. Those in Peter's day who turned aside from their corrupt, dishonest generation rebuilt the community through a persevering devotion to the teaching of the apostles, fellowship, the breaking of bread, prayer. The church spent time listening and learning from the apostles who taught them about the kingdom taught them about the king, Jesus, and taught them how to, how to live a new life with a new kingdom perspective. They saw the teaching demonstrated from time to time as the kingdom broke into the present age, broken people were healed. People whose lives were being destroyed by demonic oppression were set free. Every need was met through divine and corporate generosity. The church was taught. The church also spent time building relationships. They worked together to become close friends. They worked to remain friends. They learned to work through their differences, to forgive, to continue in friendship, to deepen the fellowship. They ate together. The breaking of bread is a reference to the ordinary table fellowship practiced by the Palestinian first followers of Jesus. And they prayed. The community discovered a rhythm of both personal and corporate prayer. They even experienced God shaking the room when they prayed. By praying, they also celebrated God's answers to those prayers. I'm sure they wholeheartedly thanked God and worshipped Him for the life they shared together and the answers to the prayers that they prayed. One of the things that we could miss in reading that is that all four of these activities which followed turning aside from a dishonest generation were activities done without a building. There was a temple, but the temple was not a building for the church. And there was a synagogue, but the synagogue was not a building for the church. 
there was no church building. And yet the church functioned and even flourished without a building. Our challenge is not only to turn aside from this corrupt generation, but is also our challenge is to learn how to do church without a building. Again, we're in uncharted waters. In my lifetime, we've never been asked to be a church without a building because of a global pandemic. So what are we going to do now? I suggest we persevere in our devotion to learning from what is taught by our team of teachers. Learning how to deepen our relationships by online tools. Learning how to continue praying by online tools. Dreaming. Dreaming of the meals we will share together when this time is over. Now, I know our team of teachers are not the apostles. But we do have access to most of the apostles' teachings in the Bible. And we're committed to teaching our, our community about the kingdom, about the king, Jesus, how to live in the kingdom day by day. We're also grateful for those moments when the kingdom is demonstrated. God are, you know, people are still healed. People are still set free. The needs of everyone still met by the generosity of God through a community. So every Sunday morning, when we do this, a Facebook Live with a small team of people in a building without you, we're teaching as our forefathers in the faith were taught. We teach our children. Jenna did that. Others do that. We teach our adults. So we're doing that, and we commit to continue doing that as long as we need to. Learning to make the most of online tools is, is the next challenge. All I can say is going online with relationship is better than no relationship at all. Learning to video call with Messenger or Zoom or Facebook are all good options. I know we, those of us that are, are striving, persevering in our devotion to serve our community, we would be so grateful if two or three of our families would begin to relate to one another on a weekly basis online. In time, and we don't know the time, but that day is coming in time, those two or three families meeting together online can turn into a home group where they meet and they eat together. Keep that hope alive. Similarly, praying together online is not the same as praying in person, but, again, it's what we have for the foreseeable future. Better praying together online than not praying together at all. We've done our best to persevere in encouraging online teaching, chatting, and prayer. But we need our community to help. 
This is a time for all of us to help in building our community with the tools that we have available to us. The church is essential. The building is not. May we learn to make the most of these very challenging days. May we learn how to do church without a building with the tools available to us. May we help one another as we travel an unfamiliar path. Imagine, imagine we, when we get to the other side, dream about the first meal together. Dream about the first in-person home group. Dream about our first in-person Sunday celebration. My encouragement to us today is to turn aside, to turn away, to disconnect from a corrupt and dishonest generation and to refocus our energies on learning from the apostles' teaching, on deepening fellowship, close relationship with one another, on praying for one another, and doing that through online tools. My, my, my prayer is that we will be part of the church flourishing in this day to all that I've asked today. So let's persevere together. Let's do this together. And I know we can't do it without asking the Holy Spirit to help us. So let's take a moment inviting the Holy Spirit to help in these ways. Holy Spirit, come. We welcome your ministry with us today. We need your help. We're living in a difficult and discouraging time. Help us to accept the truth of our difficulties. Help us to stop fighting to change the story to make it better than what it is. It's not okay. Holy Spirit, break through our denial. Our situation is dire. Help us make the most of living as a community through these difficult days. Help us serve our neighbors by not gathering in person until the risk of passing infection one to the other is minimal. Help us to connect in new ways with one another, with the internet tools that are available to us. Push us through our resistance to change. With your help, let our community flourish. And Holy Spirit, help our nation this week to transition peacefully from one presidential administration to the next. Please intervene. Stop any act of violence planned to interrupt this week's inauguration. Holy Spirit, help us resolve our divisiveness. Holy Spirit, grant us peace. We pray in the name of Jesus.
one of the things that we want to add to our time together is we want to give those that are listening the opportunity to respond to what was shared in the message. Whoever's teaching is, is going to give this opportunity. So if you have a question or a comment you want to share, uh, please do that through the comments on the Facebook Live presentation. And those of us that are in the room, if you would you know, let me know if somebody's making a comment or if someone is asking a question. And as we're waiting for people to do that, does anybody in the room have a comment or a question that you want to ask in light of what was shared today? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Molly is uh, expressing gratitude for our morning together. That in the discouragement, in the difficulty, there's a place to go with worship. There's a place to go with just acknowledging God loves us. He's not through loving us. Uh, and what you made me think of, Molly, and this is where I don't want to add to your words. It gives, gives me hope. I'm grateful there's a way, there is a way forward. We're not stuck here. We can move forward. Is that fair? Any other comments online or questions online or anyone else in the room? <laughs> Lori, thank you. You're, you're a wonderful encourager and we're really grateful that you join us. Thank you for passing along that good word. So Marianne is grateful that we have this opportunity to chat together. Please get used to this because we, we're going to incorporate this as we move forward. We think, we think it's really important that as one, uh, somebody on our teaching team presents and teaches that we want to give opportunity for conversation. Preaching, I've always thought of preaching more as a conversation, uh, and it, we're just going to kind of live that out. Anything else? Well, if you, if the, I, and I'll read the comment section uh, later this afternoon, and so if there's a comment that comes along or a question, I will respond to that. So, I would like to invite.